honest, passionate, and doesn't pull any punches. It's Paladino Joey on the Purple Mafia Show, here on thesportstuff.com. Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I'm your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Purple Mafia is available on thesportstuff.com. And on iTunes, I thank each and every single one of you always for downloading and listening to this show. It is a pleasure to have completed my, <laughs> my seventh season covering the Minnesota Vikings here on Purple Mafia. Seven seasons, ladies and gentlemen. Holy crap, Batman! I just, you know, I'm stunned. Seven years. I, uh, <laughs> when I started doing the podcast, would I think that I'd be still doing this seven years later? Um, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> it's like maybe, maybe not. But uh, yeah, it's been seven seven full seasons. The 2008 season was the beginning. I started recording the podcast in April 2008, but now seven seasons covering the team. And 23 officially watching the team from start to finish. We're talking from... The first preseason game to the last regular season or the playoff game, which, well, unless you're world champions, it always ends in a loss <laughs> when it's a playoff. Uh, when it's a playoff game, it always ends in some type of loss, So, unless you're the Super Bowl champion. Well, the Minnesota Vikings did win their regular season finale, 13-9, in a, uh, well, you know, is it a black and blue division? Eh, not really. Chicago Bears' defense isn't that good, it, it, but it, it played better today than it Pretty much has most of the season, I would say, and pretty, in fact, maybe the whole season, and just like it did in uh, Soldier Field earlier this year. Pretty funny. Seemed like the Bears always seem to play the Minnesota Vikings well defensively, at least this season in particular. Jared Allen got to kind of come back to Minnesota, Minneapolis, and all that good stuff, and eh, he was all right. Knocked down a pass, almost had an interception, but um, well, an underwhelming season for him, and really. This isn't going to be the most detailed game review in the history of the world because ultimately, <laughs> as much as I remember the game clearly and have notes and all that good stuff, have have what I need to have to give you a good game review here, this game obviously was kind of almost like a fifth preseason game in a lot of ways. Even though it helped our record and it affects the draft one way or another, yes, it's a nice momentum setter, but in a lot of ways it wasn't much of a momentum setter. It wasn't quite what I thought it was going to be. <laughs> I thought the Vikings were going to come out and win, like, you know, something like 28-9, to 9, you know, like, something like that. But we only got 13 points. It was pretty much a field goal fest for the longest time. And, in fact, the first half was downright terrible. Oh, it could have been better. It could have been a lot better. A lot higher scoring if there were, like, three different uh, touchdowns that actually were touchdowns. But, well, they weren't. The refs called them touchdowns, but they weren't touchdowns, which is kind of funny. After review, it was plain as day. Greg Jennings dropped the ball. Um, all that good stuff, and obviously the Chicago Bear receiver, Mr. Uh, Elshon Jeffrey, was about as out of bounds as it gets. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's just no way. I mean, he'd have to be standing at a whole different angle. Like, he was basically falling out of bounds as he caught the ball. He was in the, you know, he was already out of bounds when he, when the ball was in his hands, basically, at that point, yet they still called it a touchdown. But thank God for uh, instant replay, because if there wasn't, my goodness getting kind of scary when you have referees like that <laughs> it's almost like 
all of us relying on Google Maps to get where we're going nowadays when we didn't have that in the past. Yeah, see, the one problem with Google Maps is it makes us dependent on it. So, like, back in the old days, sure, we might have been frustrated. Like, damn it, how do I get to this stupid place, you know, whatever it is, somebody's house or this this, this store or whatever it is, way off in Egan, Minnesota, which I know nothing about, basically, that, that suburb, because I hardly ever go there being in Golden Valley. But uh, <laughs> it's like, still, I, it's almost like you'd rather, like, go through the tough tough times to find the place, maybe with at least a, a map from the internet or something, versus that, because once you get dependent on it, you you just suddenly don't have much of a sense of direction anymore, and your uh, ability to know where the hell you're going and what the hell you're doing just might drop off a bit, particularly if, uh-oh, signal has been lost. Now what do you do? Oh, no. See, just like the referees, uh, uh-oh, well, guess what? Guess what would have happened <laughs> if you have a referee like that Calling it a touchdown, there's no instant replay of any kind. Or no under-review. Oh, well, gosh darn it. Elshon Jeffrey would have had a touchdown. Eh, well, so would have Greg Jennings, so it would have been offset. Anyhow, <laughs> it's just funny how that turns out, isn't it? Oh, Chicago would have had another touchdown, too, in the game that would have, uh, that was also overturned. Pretty funny. 6-3 to three <laughs> early in the third quarter. And I tweeted out, well, the White Sox uh, have taken a 6-3 to lead over the Minnesota Twins. Uh, they're playing at TCF Bank Stadium instead of Target Field for some reason. But, yeah, the White Sox are up 6-3. to Jay Feely just hit a three-run home run. You know, it's 6-3 to now. So, oh, wait, it is football. Sorry. Yeah, I, I thought Jay Feely was a... I thought he was a third baseman for the Sox, and he just cranked a, third, a three-run homer. And, you know, that... that Jay Cutler, he's a pitcher, you know, who's supposed to be good, but he, you know, he gives up a lot of home runs, and he doesn't seem to, I don't know, he just kind of makes an ass of himself, and his Bridgewater, he's becoming an ace of the staff, but, okay, now I'm bouncing all over the place, but it is what it is. It was a fun, uh, it wasn't a fun first half, no, and most of the game was not really fun to watch, but where you come out of this game, the vibe I get coming out of this game it was instantly, it was a thought that came into my head immediately as the clock ticked to zero. The Minnesota Vikings and the Chicago Bears are related in this game in a lot of ways. At least, well, in the main frame of things, they're related. You know why? The Minnesota Vikings are a year ahead of the Chicago Bears. What are the Chicago Bears today in December 2014? Well, in a lot of ways, they're the Minnesota Vikings in 2013. How is that? Well, they have a quarterback situation that's kind of a mess. Okay, Cutler's a better quarterback than Christian Ponder ever could hope to be, but in a lot of ways, he's not the answer. He's just not the answer. Regardless if he's good or, or bad, with his overall skills, he's not the answer. They have a coach on his way out the door, and they have a defense that was pretty damn awful. One of the probably the worst defenses the Chicago Bears have had in their history. They have a fairly rich history defensively. Now, not every year. The 98 Bears were awful, and the Vikings just literally walked right through them like they weren't even there. <laughs> you know, in quite honesty, in the Minnesota Vikings last season, well, everybody, and I mean pretty much everybody, walked right through them like they weren't even there. And what's the final piece of the puzzle when you compare this year's Chicago Bears to last year's Chicago Bears? The coach is probably on his way out. He's a really nice guy, a stoic guy. You, when you listen to him talk, he sounds like a kind of guy, you know, hey... 
What a good guy. You know, I'd love to play for him. He just seems like a really good guy. He's smart and this and that. Well, <laughs> ultimately, he's not the right fit for the Chicago Bears. If they hope to, you know, get back to their good old ways of winning a Super Bowl, they've only got one, but winning NFL championships way back in the old days and the great defenses of the 80s and early 90s, very early 90s, I might add, <laughs> not the late 90s. Um, but if they hope to rekindle the good old days in Chicago or even the decent days under Dick Duran and such, they're going to have to probably make a coaching change, and you might have a guy named Rex Ryan available, which I would uh, likely like him or not as the New York Jets coach, like him or not in general, he'd fit in perfect with the Chicago Bears, to be quite honest with you. Yeah, <laughs> kind of that tough guy approach, that uh, no-nonsense, the defensive-minded guy who's in need of a change of scenery, and the Chicago Bears will be in need of a coach. It's not going to be Jim Harbaugh because he's headed to Michigan. Da, 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 da. Uh, damn it. <laughs> damn it. <laughs> I actually wish he was going to stay in uh, San Francisco, but, yeah, well, <laughs> I'm glad he's not going to the Bears either because they'd get better under Jim Harbaugh. Regardless, if there's a clock on on, on Harbaugh, like a four-year window for him to be a, either a championship or exploding, like a time bomb, like, unfortunately, it ended with San Francisco, uh, yeah, he, they would be way better right away. I, I would think. But then again, maybe not. Ultimately, several holes defensively. They probably are hoping and praying for a quarterback to slip to them in the draft, a la Teddy Bridgewater. We couldn't have been more lucky, to be quite honest, to have Teddy Bridgewater fall to our lap in the draft last April. Uh, excuse me, May. Still not used to that, but going to have to get used to it. In fact, it's probably my most listened to show of the year on a yearly basis since 2010, I believe. 2009, there was a lot of good shows. Okay, 2012, there was. Uh, that's when I had the huge spikes. But yeah, uh, ultimately, a situation in Chicago where yeah, they're a lot like the 2013 Vikings, just a mess. The Vikings, uh, well, we had a weird record last year, basically opposite of what Cincinnati may finish this year, because <laughs> they have a tie on their schedule. If they finish um, 10, 5, and 1, which I'm sure they hope they don't. And it looks like they're going to. <clears throat> um, yeah, just saying. You know, the Vikings had that opposite record of them, and now the Bears five and eleven. Uh, just a really awful season for Chicago, despite the clear, uh, just the uh, raving reviews of the Bears coming into the regular season. Some people even said they're going all the way to the Super Bowl. It's a far cry, isn't it? And a lot of us were extremely confident, extremely excited going into last season. After a pretty nice shutdown defense in 2012 and a, and a and a record-breaking running back, and hopefully Christian Ponder will at least be adequate enough. And, yeah, it just all fell down on their face and happened in Chicago as well this year. So there's your comparisons. I drew that a little bit too long, but you know what? This is a season wrap-up type of show. It's not the official season wrap-up. <laughs> State of the Vikings 2015 will occur Immediately, uh, will occur after the Super Bowl. It'll be the episode after the Super Bowl preview, and I'll try to get that out sooner this year than last, because it just drug into like early April last year, was it, or was it late March? And then, yeah, I mean, schedules get crazy sometimes. But to finally stop drawing this out too much longer, Teddy Bridgewater obviously has the Minnesota Vikings heading in a much more encouraging direction. The Minnesota Vikings finished seven and nine. 
I predicted them to go 8-8 eight and eight this year. But of course, that was with Adrian Peterson on the roster and with hoping that Matt Castle would be a nice band-aid quarterback. Bridgewater, I think, exceeded my expectations of what Matt Castle would have been, ultimately. I think so. And of course, uh, it was not much of a running game. A la 1993, basically. That's about our running game this year. was similar to that year. Kind of running back by committee. But then a, a young uh, player did emerge. So that's encouraging, that being Jarek McKinnon. We'll see where he winds up. Matt Forte, I'll say this now before I you know, forget about it and it just uh, goes under the radar and I you know, end this segment before I mention it. He is now the all-time, or excuse me, he had a uh, all-time single-season record for rece- receptions for a running back. 102 passing Larry Centers this season and a few years back. Uh, LaDainian Tomlinson had 100. Larry Centers way back in 95, had 101 receptions as a running back. Matt Forte, 102, there it is. But unfortunately, just a wasted 5-11 and 11 season, a la Jared Allen's 22-sack season back in 2011. A joke of a season indeed. Matt Asiata finished extremely strong, barreled through that Chicago Bears defensive line all day. 4.8 a carry, can't beat it, <laughs> 91 yards. Can't beat it. I mean, if, if we got that every week for Matt Asiata, he'd be a pro bowler. And <laughs> the Minnesota Vikings would be on their way to something special, I think. If you had a power running back that you get 90 yards all the time like that without having to have a huge play to uh, bloat the uh, average and the overall yardage for the day. But unfortunately, not the case. <laughs> Matt Asiata, that's not who he is. Uh, just a wonderful game for Adam Thielen. Really making a name for himself as a third or fourth receiver for the Minnesota Vikings, probably a fourth receiver and of course a special teams guy a la Chris Walsh and others, but I think he's got a little bit more speed than Adam Thielen, uh, excuse me than Chris Walsh did way back in the 90s 44 yard reception beautiful pass by Teddy Bridgewater and he's been shutting down a lot of the doubters that were talking just a couple weeks ago like, a, like the Tim Hasselbecks and such that were saying hey you know, good quarterbacks are able to complete deep, deeper passes. Deep passes, you know, 25 yards, 35 yards, 40 yards off the field. They're able to complete those. And Teddy Bridgewater doesn't seem to have the arm strength to to make those accurate passes, ultimately. He doesn't seem to have the arm to do that. And, well, I guess he does. <laughs> he doesn't have a cannon. He can't throw it 60 yards just standing there like some quarterbacks could, could and do. But... It's strong enough to make him definitely a quarterback that can be extremely dangerous in this league for the next 10 to 15 years. And I couldn't be happier to say Minnesota Vikings starting quarterback Teddy Bridgewater. Can't be more excited to say that. Love the continued chemistry with Greg Jennings and Teddy Bridgewater. With the current situation, with a guy by the name of Cordero Patterson (laughs) and Charles Johnson, you know, being a, a guy who... He's good, okay? He's good. He's exceeded expectations, without a doubt. But he's still Charles Johnson, folks. He's not... (laughs) He's not Kelvin Johnson, okay? So, and he is one guy. (laughs) You you gotta keep a Greg Jennings around. You gotta keep him. Uh, A lot of people were ready to write him off, say that Greg Jennings, you know, okay, he's the the guys that are veterans that are on their way out. Oh, the Greg Jennings slash, yep, he's one of them. I don't think so. I like the chemistry he's formed with Teddy Bridgewater, and he's 
he's getting it done. He's not this this uh, elite receiver like he was in Green Bay back in 2007 or anything, but he's well above average, and he's a, he's a very dependable, reliable target for Teddy Bridgewater. That's another good sign because Christian Ponder couldn't get anything going with Greg Jennings last season in the attempts that he had, and he had quite a few chances to do that, and it, he never found Greg Jennings, never hit him in stride, nothing. Greg Jennings, Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, they have a future, at least for a couple years. Nice veteran receiver, and, uh, Greg, and Teddy Bridgewater loves him, as he said in his little quarterback press conference after the game. He loves Greg Jennings and looks to him as one of the leaders on this team. Um, and I really like the way Teddy Bridgewater talks as well. He sounds like he's like, he's really ready to be something in this league, be a leader, and um, his maturity is incredible. Just the look. You just look at Teddy Bridgewater talk, and you just look at him in general. He's so far from a Johnny Menzel type who's looking, who basically comes into the league and says, where's the party? He's rolling up $100 bills and posting it on YouTube and Twitter. Teddy Bridgewater's light years away from that. We got ourselves the kind of guy with that Kobe Bryant, Tom Brady mentality. Not necessarily the Kobe Bryant, Tom Brady results. It's a long ways to go with that, but the mentality is there. Extreme encouragement from me. There's <laughs> a guy who wants to win so badly. I mean, it's just, we're dying to win a Super Bowl in this town. It's been it's been 53 years, folks. That's too long. It's time to win a Super Bowl, folks. It's time to win. 54 years, to be quite exact. That's too many. Mm, Blair Walsh was able to make both of his kicks. That's good news. Really happy with that. Jay Feely missed one at one point during the game. That pretty much wraps up the kicking, but there was a lot of it during the game, like I said earlier. Uh, Feely attempted four kicks. (laughs) Blair Walsh made both of his. And there you go. Another nice stat that uh, Mike Zimmer was kind enough to mention during the press conference. Well, it was the first time the Minnesota Vikings did not allow a touchdown on defense since the St. Louis game much, much, much earlier in the season. In fact, that was the season opener, so that's quite a while ago. But hey, we did it again, so bravo there. (laughs) I can't complain about that. Um, Ultimately, encouragement going in. But what Teddy Bridgewater said, like I was trying to get to earlier was it's really important that we come back next season with the, you know we we pick up where we left off you know we pick up where we left off we use this right now as a step and we take the next step next year it's really important that we do that and not not just say yeah yay you know we're we're good we'll be okay type of thing you know just to get fat and happy you know he's the starting quarterback now rock and roll and then he'll go out there and have a sophomore slump like Cordero Patterson who apparently did not take a step forward at all. I'm really intrigued and excited to see what steps Teddy Bridgewater takes in the offseason and into next year. Oof, it's going to be something to see. It really is. And Jarek McKinnon seems like another guy that's pretty focused on being a starter in this league, and it's going to be very, very cool to see what happens. You got the draft. You got the potential uh, <laughs> college wide receiver teammate for Teddy Bridgewater to be a Minnesota Vikings NFL teammate as well. We'll see where things go. Too early to talk about the draft. I refuse. There's too much going on right now. This is going to be a, well, we're talking about the Minnesota Vikings right now. We're building the first half of the bridge up until the off, uh, you know, up into the next couple of weeks here, maybe some roster spots, some, some moves that'll happen and into, uh, 
obviously the state of the Vikings where we'll talk much more free agency and draft on that show. And then there will be a draft preview in March or April, sometime around then. Sometime around the draft, maybe right before it or a bit before it. We'll see where things go there. But we're just starting the bridge here. This is just the beginning of the bridge to get to... uh, the official, like, let's, like, the offseason, talking about the offseason, State of the Vikings will be the finishing of that bridge. So we'll slowly put pieces together with that bridge during the next uh, three, four weeks here into the postseason. So we're, we're going to talk about the postseason in the second segment. Without a doubt, we're going to do the NFC North wrap-up like we always do. The Minnesota Vikings played the Bears, and the Bears have a long way to go. <laughs> That's pretty much their NFC North wrap-up. They have a, a lot to do, lots of holes to fix. They're going to have to draft very well, without a doubt. And, well, they're probably going to have a new coach. And maybe, probably not a new quarterback because of the the current contract he's on. But who knows what will happen. Who knows what will happen in the offseason. Stranger things have happened, without a doubt. Try to look at some of the final statistics, if humanly possible, for some of the Minnesota Viking players. And we'll talk a bit right now, before I wrap up and go into segment two, talk a bit about the... uh, players that may end up, well, being released in the next couple weeks or couple days or whatever it is, players that probably will not be back next season. Ultimately, let's look at those final stats for the season. I'll see how Teddy Bridgewater wrapped things up with 29-19 yards. 20, so 2,919 yards, 14 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. He threw at least one touchdown pass in his last 10 games. So, very cool. How it took him forever to throw a touchdown pass. He wound up with, with uh, a touchdown pass in his last... 10 games, very cool. It's unbelievable, though, how many times <laughs> perhaps a, a bad call or something robbed Teddy Bridgewater of a potential like long touchdown pass. Who knows what his statistics would have been as a rookie. An overall wonderful rookie season for him. And, of course, not being able to play every single game because Matt Castle started the season. Teddy Bridgewater didn't really start things out until week number three when Matt Castle went down against the New Orleans Saints with his injury and of course uh, Teddy Bridgewater had his first start against Atlanta and then he missed a game ultimately later on. Again, another is what it is type of thing. And it's actually week two not week three. I do apologize for that. He played 13 games but he missed one against the Green Bay Packers, one that we will very much like to forget here in uh, here in the Twin Cities. 85.2 quarterback rating. Gotta love it. You know, you really gotta love what he was able to accomplish as a rookie, and with an offensive line that let him down time and time again, and some receivers that just weren't all that great, ultimately, during the season. Greg Jennings, yeah, you look at the statistics for Greg Jennings, and you think, man, <laughs> you know, that's that's nothing special. It's actually not bad at all when you consider, again, Teddy Bridgewater, well, he is a rookie quarterback, and he also, well, was on his back a lot. Teddy can't throw from his back, because at that point, the play's over. It's done. It's a sack. Or... Ultimately, it's a hurry, and the pass is not probably not going to be accurate at that point. In fact, it might be, well, out of bounds somewhere just to prevent an interception. Greg Jennings winding up leading the team in, re- in receptions and yardage as a receiver. 59 receptions, 742 yards, 6 touchdowns, 12.6 yards per catch. Charles Johnson finishing up a nice campaign for himself to be a receiver in this league long term. When you think about what a, what kind of a season he had, and of course, <laughs> a couple of missed calls again here and there, or on his own, fumbling the ball at the one bleeping yard line, or the point point zero one yard line, 
He wound up with only two touchdowns on the year, 475 yards. So he did get the yards on that one particular play. Uh, so not a bad season considering he wasn't really even here the whole time. And when he first got here, it wouldn't sound like he was a number one receiver or anything. He was just kind of a throw in and see what happens. Hope for the best. He's got to be better than Cordero freaking Patterson. So we'll see what happens. Cordero Patterson, sophomore slump of, of, of the ages. Urban legend of the year, Cordero Patterson. 33 catches, 384 yards, and one touchdown. And, of course, he did assist on the interception today. He he, he got an assist. Uh, didn't really go after the ball like you'd like. And he just kind of was like, hey, give it back. Kind of almost like when the uh, Chicago Bears uh, defender Fuller took the ball away. Thank you so much, Cordell Patterson. Good effort, as always. And uh, where's the party, right? Or it's not even where's the party. Like, where's the... Where's the camera? That's pretty much what Cordero Patterson was more interested in. The camera off the field. Not making a big play on the field and maybe winning a game. He sounds like it sometimes. Like he likes it. Like he wants to win and he realizes that he needs to step it up and all that stuff. But then he just doesn't. He just doesn't step it up. So, really, thanks again so much, Cordero, for that. We uh, we really, really appreciate it. It's uh, wonderful. Thanks so freaking much. Everson Griffin, a one guy that probably... Should have had a crack at the Pro Bowl this year because the Vikings had no Pro Bowlers this year. Only, well, I mean only, yeah. He wound up with 12 sacks on the season in a wonderful, wonderful season. as a, His first year as a full-time starter for the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings made a fantastic decision keeping Everson Griffin and signing him to a long-term deal, making him the guy at uh, right end. And Tom Johnson, kind of one of the nice little surprises on that defensive line. With six and a half sacks on the season. Gotta like that old $78 bail. Or $79 bail. Whatever it was. Uh, <laughs> Tom Johnson who had to pay $79 to get out of jail. And well. Was a, was a productive player. And I'd, I'd bring him back. Shoot. Why, why the hell not? I would bring him back. So those are kind of some of the intriguing statistics along the way. We'll say. No kick return touchdowns for the Minnesota Vikings all season. And I mean, zero. No touchdowns for Marcus Shirls. No touchdowns for Cordero Patterson. Damn. <laughs> That's not good. So, briefly, we'll talk about a couple of players that may or may not be back coming up next season. And there'll probably be, obviously, there's going to be more. But we'll talk about some of the major notables at the time being. <sighs> Jerome Felton's gone. Uh, unfortunately. And it's not because I'm saying he's... It's not because I'm saying get him out of here. It's because he's gone. Uh, during being interviewed at his locker, he kept saying they, they, they. He said they, not we. That's always a telltale sign the player's gone, or the coach is gone, or whatever it is. (laughs) They, they, they. There's no such thing as they, it's we when you're on a team. There's just no such thing. Telltale sign right there. And he also said something that's even more telltale. (laughs) It's Zach Lyon's turn. Zach Lyon is ready to be the fullback for this team. Need we say more? We'll miss you, Jerome Felton. He was a wonderful fullback, I thought, uh, under the radar and all that. Not a perfect player, but a good fullback. And a deserving fullback and deserving of a roster spot on a team that could use a veteran fullback. We wish you the best, Jerome Felton. And he was a he was nice to listen to every time he was on the radio on AM1500 with uh, Mackie and Judd. Another guy who's maybe gone, maybe not, but... Some people think he'll be re-signed, maybe a two-year deal at a reasonable amount of, amount of money. Who knows what's going to happen, but he's breaking down, and even though he's 
what, like two, three years younger than me? He's breaking down. He's getting old already. Three years younger than me already. Ultimately, or even four years. Chad Greenway, most likely, well, he's one of the guys who probably won't be back. And I think the Minnesota Vikings would be wise to not bring him back, ultimately, unless he's willing to be a veteran backup, maybe. And I don't know. I mean, maybe it's time for him to walk away from the league, uh, from, from the game. A lot of guys, like, they, when they get in there, uh, for some strange reason, a lot of linebackers, when they get in their 30s, I mean, ultimately, they do break down because they're constantly, you know, in the t- they're, they're leading the team in tackles all the time. They're getting knocked around a lot like a running back gets knocked around. They're the ones tackling the running backs sometimes if the running backs get through the defensive line. They're the ones tackling the tight ends. But, yeah, they're always leading the team in tackles. So they're getting a lot of contact, a lot, a lot like a running back. Ultimately, they don't uh, tend to last a lot. and Because obviously tackles, you know, your knees bend and twist, your ankles bend and twist, your elbows and wrists bend and twist. <laughs> All those things that tend to make the old car, like, break down. Chad Greenway, likely breaking down. We'll see what's going to happen with him. But he's definitely on the list of a major notable that may or may not be back. Uh, Felton's a guarantee he's not back. He's he's red. Uh, red means done. Yellow uh, it means somewhere probably or maybe, maybe not. Chad Greenway's like a dark orange, like a reddish orange, in my humble opinion. A guy that's yellow, but ultimately it's up to him per se, is a guy named Adrian Peterson. <laughs> it is kind of up to him. It sounds like the play, the people that matter most want him back. They want him back to the Minnesota Vikings, but there is the age of 30. The fateful age of 30. And okay, he played one game this year, and he only played one game not because he got injured. That's the good part. But the bad part is 30 is 30. <laughs> 30 is 30. And missing time is missing time. It doesn't help. It really doesn't help. The Minnesota Vikings don't necessarily have a pro bowler of the future in <laughs> Jarek McKinnon. But they have a running back who deserves to, to play a lot. Uh, they have a third down running back named... Matt Asiata, who I don't necessarily endorse as like a stud or anything, but I don't know. Is there any real reason? I mean, would do we need to kill ourselves to bring Adrian back for maybe only a year or two? I wouldn't mind bringing him back. Maybe let Jarek McKinnon kind of earn it, per se. Jarek McKinnon would get the ball a, a, a decent amount, and so would Matt Asiata. Maybe you bring Adrian back in a slightly le- uh, slightly more limited role, per se. Like, he's still the main guy, but he doesn't get as many carries to get Jarek McKinnon the ball. See, that I wouldn't mind at all. I, w- I wouldn't mind that at all. In fact, it happens a lot sometimes in this league. But, obviously, at that price and the animosity that has built up, regardless if you agree with it or not, which I don't, <laughs> uh, but the animosity that's potentially built up over the course of the season here in town, the Twin Cities, as we all like to, you know, join our mo- the mob mentality, which I, again, do not. Adrian may be on his way out, and it sounds like he does want a fresh start, so I would label him definitely as a yellow to orange. He's somewhere in that orangish-yellow range. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if Adrian Peterson does not return. Maybe he goes to Seattle because Marshawn Lunch wants to leave. He, wa- he wants to go have lunch. No, I don't know. He The guy's about as big of a enigma with the media and there is in the history of mankind along with Jim Harbaugh <laughs> uh, the former 49ers coach it's official uh, mutual agreement there he's it's over 
So it's kind of sad, but I guess uh, he's going to be a huge nemesis for the Gophers in the coming years. Oh, man, that's going to be tough on them. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Adrian Peterson, not sure if he's coming back. I'm leaning towards no. 40% he's back, 60% uh, he's gone. So that's where I lean there. Other than that, other notables on their way out. Uh, hmm, I think that's about it for the time being, other than probably, well, I mean, <laughs> every time you think they're going to get rid of this offensive lineman or that offensive lineman, well, they don't really bring anybody else to take their place. That's unfortunate. Guy, a guy like uh, Charlie Johnson on the line. Will he be back? Who knows what's going to happen there. Matt Khalil is going to be back. He, he improved his play during the course of the last couple of weeks. He'll obviously be back, but it's going to be a Cordell Patterson thing again where, uh, you know, it's on him. He's got to be better. He's just got to be better, ultimately, as far as I'm concerned and as far as <laughs> many others are concerned out there as well. Well, this has been a long segment, but it was kind of like a miniature wrap-up of the season, looking at some of the statistics. And uh, it's kind of, again, like a bridge. It's starting the bridge. It's starting to build the bridge towards 2015 and State of the Vikings and all that good stuff. So with that, I'm going to take a break and we'll jump into the NFC North roundup. And of course, off to the fan interaction and such. Have a little tidbit on Cordero Patterson that I'll save till the... Yeah, I'm going to save it to the Facebook. I was thinking about doing it now, but no. I'll save it for the Facebook group. It's it's an interesting talker. We'll see if people post it on it. I'm I'm staying away from it on purpose, so I know. So I'll see if people post it on it between now and then. We'll be back right after this. NFC North Roundup and, of course, Playoff Preview. We're going to do that as well. Back after this. Ah, winter and snow are back again. Nothing tastes better this time of year than Vanilla Bean Buffalo Sweat by Tall Grass Beer from Manhattan, Kansas. This Vanilla Bean edition of Buffalo Sweat literally warms your innards in this outstanding stout with that warming vanilla kick. Don't forget to try 8-Bit Pale Ale, the official beer of this podcast. When you see Pac-Man licking his chops, you found an amazing can and an even better beer. Check out the many other wonderful beers Tallgrass offers on their website at www.tallgrassbeer.com. Use their beer locator to see what's available in your area. You can follow Tallgrass on Twitter, at TallgrassMN, and like them on Facebook. Simply search for Tallgrass Minnesota. Tallgrass Beer, bringing people together over a beer since 2007. Too busy to sit in front of a computer? Simply download Purple Mafia on iTunes for Apple devices. For Android, download the Double Twist app. And for Windows and BlackBerry phones, simply find us in the store. And now, back to Paladino Joey. And we are back here on Purple Mafia. It is the NFC North review segment. And of course, we're going to preview the first round of the playoffs. At least as they're probably going to turn out, because obviously everyone's in that. <laughs> everyone's in that's going to be in. All that's left is the final seeding in the AFC, because of uh, well, obviously it's going to be a flip flop deal with the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Cincinnati Bengals. We'll talk about that in a in a minute. We're just going to let this game continue playing, and uh, we'll get to the AFC shortly. <laughs> NFC North Roundup. There's just one game because Minnesota played Chicago. Don't you just love when that happens? And what's also wonderful is. 
yeah, this is how most divisions, uh, this is how most seasons wrap up. You play a division rival in the game, hopefully a game that matters, and this one mattered in a huge way at Lambeau Field today with the snow flurries coming down after that wonderful snow we got on Friday into Saturday. Absolutely thrilled with it. I'm <laughs> I'm a snow fan, and I love the fact that it was nice and fluffy and cool, you know, just, oh, just made it so much easier, but that's probably talk about that at the end of the show. Sorry about that. It's just nice watching snowflakes come down during a football game. It's just, I like cold weather football. It's fun to watch. Oh, I love it. Oh, I love it. And of course, you get big time playoff playoff uh, implications coming up and big time playoff games coming up. I just love it. I love polar vortex football. <laughs> Since that's a word we've been throwing around all over the place. Well, there was a polar vortex in Lambeau Field for the Detroit Lions who play indoors. And everybody just kind of knew that it was going to probably go the green and gold direction. Ugh, 11 and 5, uh, excuse me, 11 and 4, two 11 and 4 teams going at it. Detroit won the, uh, the initial game in Detroit in Ford Field. So Green Bay obviously had to win the game today to get a, not only a division championship, but a first round bye and the number two seed. We'll get back to that in a moment. And you know they're going to get almost every call. Just about every single call. Whenever they go to Lambeau Field, it's like the referees are wearing green and gold. Ugh. I mean, is there any doubt? Is that just the rube in me talking? Or is that an objective NFL fan that's just sick and tired of it? You know, just a little bit sick and tired of it. I, I, I don't know. I, I think I'm the objective fan that's a little sick and tired of it. But that's just my, whew, that's my opinion. Nasty hit just now in this game on Heath Miller. Mm. Wow. Anyhow, <clears throat> Green Bay wins 30-20. to 20. What a surprise. What a surprise. Ugh, damn it. <laughs> and they were up 14-0 at one point, but of course Ndamukong Sue, well, great job, Ndamukong Sue. You know, you've, you've been disciplined most of the season. You know, and I didn't, I obviously didn't watch every single Detroit Lion game in detail, but I saw enough here and there to say the Detroit Lions were disciplined this year under Jim Caldwell. And you know what? Props out to Jim Caldwell. He's got to be up there for coach of the year. He took a Detroit team that underachieved and acted stupid under Jim Schwartz. They got the right Jim in Detroit. They really did. Jim Caldwell, huge props to him. And just getting things under control there in Detroit. Bandamakin Sue. Ugh, it's December and it's the end of December. And Bandamakin Sue's got to act up. Great. Great one, Bandamakin. Great one. If he, if he faces a suspension, if he ends up getting suspended in that game, I think they, the whole defensive line of Detroit should beat the hell out of him. They should tape him to the wall and beat him up. Seriously. Because watch them, watch them lose in the first round again in Dallas, Texas. Just watch, you know. <laughs> and I'm not trying to rip on Detroit, because you think I'm a Dallas fan? Are you crazy? I'm not a Detroit fan either or anything, but I feel good for them for how successful of a season they had. I mean, this is their best season since 1991 when they finished 12-4 and and went to the NFC Championship game and then got beat by the Washington Redskins pretty handily, unfortunately, for them. They actually beat Dallas in the second round that year to get to the NFC Championship game. That was a young, up-and-coming Dallas team that, uh, oh boy, little did we know just how up-and-coming they were and how much we would all hate their guts. God. Not just because of the uh, Herschel Walker trade, but because they're so damn cocky. And there might be a new Dallas on the horizon. 
Uh, anyhow, Green Bay and Detroit. Matthew Stafford, well, he had a pretty good game. He had a, <laughs> at least with the touchdowns, he got three touchdowns in the game. Good for him. Didn't complete a lot of passes, though. Green Bay Packers were all over him throughout the game. Aaron Rodgers, of course, injured in the game. Injured his calf because of Indomitian Sue. Came back like a hero. Oh, goody. Don't you just love it? Isn't it cute? And, of course, Green Bay won the game a lot like Aaron Rodgers last year was all winded and out of shape coming back from the collarbone injury to play the Chicago Bears at the last minute in Soldier Field, and they beat them. They beat the Bears. It was just great. Just, just, just loved it. Ugh. The Bears would have won the division, and the Packers would have been out uh, out of the playoffs, and we, we were the weak division in the NFC last year. Hmm. A couple years ago, there was a weak division, too, but, eh, talk about that later. Um, but Green Bay ultimately getting the job done when it mattered most, and getting the calls, pretty much every call their way, like always, every bounce of the ball their way, and, oh, by the way, Aaron Rodgers, extremely good. Only attempting 22 passes, completing 17 of them, 77%, 139 quarterback rating. Any chance Detroit had of picking off a pass, they didn't do it. (laughs) They just didn't, and Aaron Rodgers was elite, like always. And the best part, the most telling part, Aaron Rodgers is yucking it up with the officials for quite a while throughout the game. Off and on, throughout the game, especially near the end, that figures. <laughs> it figures. Yes, Green Bay's really good. Yes, they're a legitimate NFC Championship slash Super Bowl contender. Yes, they are. And they'll probably get there, but maybe, maybe not. <laughs> Who knows what's going to happen. There just might be a sleeper team in the NFC, and I just, I'm just chomping at the bit to talk about it. Because this game, well, it wasn't the funnest thing to watch. You just, you, you kind of knew who was going to win the whole time. It was almost like it was scripted. And once it was 30 to 14, it was like, whatever. When Matthew Stafford was, uh, well, they called a safety on him. Like a, uh, he was hit in the back, or he had hit in the in the end zone. And that was it. You know, Green Bay up 30 to 14 with like only a couple minutes left. Detroit putting up a nice uh, fight, a uh, nice drive and a, and a two-point conversion that didn't succeed, unfortunately for them. And they're still down by 10. That was pretty much all she wrote there, barring some type of miracle of miracles. Almost looked like they were going to get the ball back on an onside kick, and they still didn't get it. There's like five Lions and one Packer. But of course, the Lions don't recover the ball. Every bounce of the ball goes Green Bay's way. Unless the New York Giants are playing them. That's about the one team that could pretty much put the Packers away, <laughs> regardless of the Packers' record. It's the it's the New York Giants. Oh, too bad there isn't a New York Giants-type team right now. But then again, maybe there is. We'll see. With that, the Green Bay Packers are the number two seed in the NFC, and they get a first-round bye. Oh, so now we are going to slide right into... <laughs> We were going to slide right into the playoff preview. I've been chopping at it. I mean, I didn't even want to talk about this Detroit game. Couldn't you tell? Didn't even want to talk about it because it was it was predictable. It it really was. So so let's talk about the playoffs. God, I can't wait. It's so much fun every year. Let's go to the AFC. <laughs> even though it's incomplete per se, the New England Patriots number one seed, twelve and four, but they lost to the Bills today. Great. But the Bills didn't make it despite a strong season. 9-7 and seven record. The Bills look good. The Bills look good. Boy, if they can get a quarterback somehow, some way, maybe Christian Ponder will go there and like be like the shocker of the decade. He'll be like, uh, you know, Rich Gannon. He'll go, to, he'll go to Buffalo and be the next Rich Gannon. He'll just explode. And the next thing you know, the Bills will be playing the Vikings in the Super Bowl. Yeah, right. 
But uh, ultimately, Patriots number one seed, twelve and four. Broncos number two seed, twelve and four. That's good for the Patriots. Thank God. I mean, you don't want to go to Denver. Very good. It does give the Patriots an, a wonderful opportunity to make it <laughs> to their sixth Super Bowl under Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. Will they finally win their fourth? We'll see. Or will they be 500 in the Super Bowl? Who would have thought the Patriots would be 500 in the Super Bowl the way they won those first three, the way they got it done? Mm-mm-mm. I don't think the Broncos are going back to no Super Bowl, as far as I'm concerned. The Baltimore Ravens wrap it up, even though it looked like they were going to lose to the Browns for like the longest time, but they came back, they woke up, and they beat the uh, the old nemesis. The old Browns beat the new Browns at the end. The new Browns almost <laughs> killed the, their old team <laughs> at the last minute, but the Ravens are in with a 10-6 and record, and they will head to, well, Cincinnati or Pittsburgh. They'll head to the winner of this game right now. I kind of think it's going to be Pittsburgh, but as of this moment, not that you need an update of it because it's the game will be over <laughs> before the game will be over by the time this show is released. Uh, but right now it's ten to ten, midway through the second period, second second quarter. Well, there it is. the uh, The loser will head to Indianapolis, the division champion, over there. Eleven and five Colts. Hmm. Will Cincinnati finally win a playoff game this year? Probably not. <laughs> I don't think they'll beat the Colts or the Ravens. So I have the... <laughs> I, I, if the Ravens play Cincinnati, if the Bengals win tonight, I think the uh, I think the Ravens win that game, ultimately, as far as I'm concerned. If, and if the, uh, the Colts play <laughs> the Cincinnati Bengals, I think the Colts advance. Ultimately, though, you know what? If the Steelers host the Baltimore Ravens, I think the Ravens advance. They're that kind of team. They are a January team, man. I've been saying that for years. I've been picking them to win in the playoffs for years. And you know what? I've been right every single time. Baltimore Ravens will advance to the next round. They will head to New England. And then it gets extremely interesting there. Because I think they might. They just might be the only team in the AFC that could beat the Patriots. Hmm. We'll save that for next week, per se. <laughs> or, nah, well, well, we'll see what happens there. But I kind of got a feeling the, the Ravens are going to win, though. That's my 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 uh, that's my gutsy take for this week, if you can call it gutsy. And I think the Colts uh, would lose to Pittsburgh. I, I don't... As good as Andrew Luck is, he hasn't proven himself in the playoffs, ultimately. Okay, he came back and beat the Kansas City Chiefs last year. I'll be fair. But Pittsburgh, I think that Pittsburgh would beat the Colts. I think Pittsburgh would beat the Colts. They're having it. They're really, really good this season. I mean, they're having a hell of a year. Ultimately, they're going to probably finish eleven and five. From what I'm seeing, they just took the lead on another touchdown. Ben Roethlisberger's been putting up like insane type statistics all season. The Steelers might even be one of the possibilities that could go all the way. We'll see what happens. Maybe even get a rematch of a Super Bowl about nine years ago. Hopefully, as much as I. Don't like either team. Hopefully the Steelers would get the same result of that other team that I'm comparing to Dallas. Mm, you know who they are. But uh, the Colts would beat Cincinnati because I'm not picking Cincinnati to win a playoff game because I'm wrong every time. I always pick them, and I'm always wrong. The Colts would beat Cincinnati, but the Steelers would beat the Colts. I think the Ravens will advance, though, in the first round. And I'm always freaking right, folks. You're, <laughs> I'm always right about those guys. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's go to the NFC. Let's go to the conference that hosts the Minnesota Vikings and a lot of teams that we know so very well. Very well. The first seed goes to the modern Dallas Cowboys, the Seattle Seahawks. 
Oh, they're so freaking cocky. I hate Richard Sherman with a passion. <laughs> Can't stand him. A lot of you like him. I don't know why. I really don't. I, okay, he's a really good player, but he talks too much. He talks too much. He's too cocky. He's too prideful. It seems like every time he opens his mouth, he's got some some something literally like hate to say. He's like the ultimate troll. If you want to be millennial about it, he's the ultimate troll. I think he's always got something to say. Like he's the like he's better than this, and he's better than you. He's better than the the GMs. Oh, they're all gonna be they're all they all should be fired for not drafting him. Oh, come on, take it easy. We know you're good, okay? That's great. Did Emmett Smith do that every week? No. Did Troy Aikman do that every week? No. So that makes him worse than the Dallas Cowboys. Michael Irvin was a cocky SOB, and so was Deion Sanders. But I don't think... I think Michael Irvin and Deion Sanders combined were not as cocky as Richard Sherman. So, yeah, I hate the Seahawks just because of that guy. And I don't like Pete Carroll either, even though he's really good. Um, I just, I'm sick of watching the Seahawks and I hate the Fairweather fans that are all on their bandwagon. They love them so freaking much. They just can't get enough of the Seattle Seahawks that sucked for generations. Except for a couple years in the mid-2000s, they had a couple of really good seasons. They kicked the Vikings' ass, despite how bad the Vikings, or bad or good the Vikings were at times. (laughs) They always kicked our ass. That's another reason I hate them. (laughs) Always in bad matchup. Because the clouds, they just, they make noise. The clouds trap the sound in the stadium. Wrap your head around that. I, I guess we could call it the cloud, uh, the cloud stadium. Okay, that's a good one. But regardless if the clouds uh, make it louder in Seattle, it's freaking impossible to win there. It's impossible to win there. It really is. I hate it. <laughs> oh, I hate it. There's one team, though, that... Oh, I don't know. I'll talk about it later <laughs> in a second. Second seed will be Green Bay, obviously. Yeah, like I talked about for a while. I think I got enough off my chest about Seattle. With all that said, Marshawn Lynch, yeah, I don't really care for him either, even though he's really good. Yes, he's a really good player. And we I, I guess we'd take him here in Minnesota if somehow Seattle and them can't uh, Seattle and him can't come to some type of an agreement. Well, whatever. I mean, players always leave when you when you win championships. The players always seem to leave because of this and that, because they're they want to be an even bigger star on another team, and and they never are ever. Did you ever notice that? Did you ever notice that? Did you ever see it really work out when a guy leaves the championship team, they move on to somewhere else where they're they're like the biggest star on the team? Do they ever really achieve what they think they're going to achieve? Tick-tock, tick-tock. Do you hear the clocks ticking in the background? The crickets chirping? Huh. Okay. <clears throat> the Detroit Lions go from a possible number two seed to a sixth seed. Talk about your bad luck. I mean, that's got to suck. Uh, it's it's really got to suck, and I feel for them. they got to go to Dallas, who are playing really good. The Cowboys can't be too happy either with a 12-4 and record. They don't even get a first-round bye with a 12-4 and record. Hey, the NFC's pretty strong, aren't they? Mm. Well, you're going to have an 11-5. and uh, You're going to have a car. You're going to have maybe two 11-5 teams over there in the in the, uh, in the the AFC in the wild card. But eh, I guess that's semi-common. The, the uh, Detroit Lions uh, go to Dallas. Uh, one of these two teams is going to end a drought, though. I mean, the Detroit Lions haven't won a playoff game since 91. That's a long freaking time. 
Dallas Cowboys, well, Tony Romo, need we say more? He's like over a million. Okay, he won a, yeah, then again, he did win a, play, a wild card game in 2009, only to get obliterated by the Vikings the next round, who, yeah, the Cowboys lost their left tackle in that game, to be fair to uh, Mr. Jim Towers. Yeah, I mean, we, <laughs> we did a show back in 2009, NFL East to West, Dylan Richardson, Jim Towers, and I did a show back that year, and yeah, we talked about that Dallas and Minnesota game where we pounded them and all that good stuff, but the left tackle was injured and Jared Allen was showing off. Yeah, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, Dallas did win a playoff game that season. So, to be fair to Tony Romo, but really, it's overall been a struggle for him over many years. Will he overcome it this year? Is he one of the surprise teams that could... Uh, is Are the Dallas Cowboys going to be one of those surprise teams that might take Green Bay out? Could it happen? Well, if the Dallas Cowboys beat the Detroit Lions, and I kind of think they're going to, to uh, advance to the second round and head to Lambeau. Will they be a team that could beat the Packers? Maybe. And I do think Dallas is going to win that game, and they're going to play the Green Bay Packers. Uh, that's the good news, I guess, on that side of things. And it could make things extremely interesting, because here's another <laughs> team that, well, they have the weakest record, just like the Baltimore Ravens had. The Baltimore Ravens have the weakest record in the AFC. I think they're advancing. The Carolina Panthers, is there any doubt they're going to beat the <laughs> the team that probably could have been, that could have easily been 13-3 and if Carson Palmer was healthy? Do you realize the Arizona Cardinals could have had the number one seed this year if Carson Palmer never got hurt? I mean, they easily could have been 13-3. 14-2 this year. Bloated record, easy schedule. Yeah, but they have a damn good defense. And they have Larry Fitzgerald, who's aging, but still really good. Carson Palmer, aging a little bit, but still very good. If he never got injured, imagine that, though. They could have had home field, and then somebody might knock Seattle off (laughs) at that point, because they would be a sixth seed or something. That would be wonderful. I would have been so happy. I would have have loved to see Dallas beat Seattle. Oh, my God! (laughs) I can't believe I'm saying that. I would love to see Dallas beat Seattle. Yeah, that's how much I hate Seattle. I actually want Dallas to beat Seattle. (laughs) Maybe they'll get their chance if they beat the Packers and Seattle continues to advance. But there is a potential sleeper team in this conference, and it's the Carolina Panthers. Look at the Carolina Panthers since Cam Cam Newton came back from the injuries. Wow, from, from that car accident. Look at them. I mean, really, ultimately... Despite it, maybe a you know for at least one hiccup here and there, like real bad one here and there. After they got hammered by the Minnesota Vikings, it seemed like the Carolina Panthers woke up and remembered how to play. They're starting to look like that pretty good team they were last year. Remember last year when the Panthers were twelve and four, and they went to the second round and they looked. Well, actually, no, they didn't go to the second round. They had the first round bye, and they looked pretty good against San Francisco. But the 49ers were just more experienced. They're just better at the time, and they beat the uh, the Panthers to go on to the uh, NFC Championship game, where it was one of the best games ever. But unfortunately, the wrong team won, as far as I'm concerned. I think this Panthers team could be a tricky little sleeper here. They will beat the Cardinals. They host the Cardinals because of the way it goes. You win your division, you get a home game in the first round. Regardless if you're, you know, if you're 4-12, and 12, which would be quite a phenomenon. I, I don't even think that's possible, but yeah. I mean, <laughs> if you're like 5-11, 6-10, you're going to have home field in the first in the first round because you won your division. Arizona, another team. Talk about your bad luck. Detroit and Arizona, two of the most unlucky teams in the history of football this, this season with the way things turned out. Uh, 
but then again, Detroit, you know, they still have a chance to do something. We'll see what happens. But um, it just is what it is. Arizona ridiculously unlucky, though, with not only losing Carson Palmer, who was really valuable, even though their defense was even more valuable than him at the time, but to go from a more than competent to an above average to even good quarterback at Carson Palmer to drop down to Drew Stanton, who wasn't that good, but now he's out. And then this third stringer that nobody's ever heard of finally threw his first touchdown pass today. <laughs> yeah, it took like 99 passes. No, 99 million passes to get there. It was an NFL record for him to get it. I don't have the exact stat in front of me, and it's okay, you know, ultimately. Uh, but it was an NFL record. That's what matters most. Carolina's not beating, or excuse me, Arizona is not beating Carolina on Sunday. The Panthers will head to Seattle. <laughs> we'll see. Wouldn't that be cool? Wouldn't that be cool if somehow the Carolina Panthers pull off one of the great upsets? It could end up uh, opening the door for the Packers to get to the Super Bowl, though. That would be the sucky part, but at least Seattle will be out. But I'm, I, I, I don't know. I hate both of those teams. It just sucks, and it figures that they're both at the top. I wish there was somebody I could really root for in this conference, but I guess there is. It was going to be the Cardinals, but it's ultimately going to be the Panthers because the Cardinals aren't going to win the game. They're, they're just not. But unless some unforeseen miracle comes out and the Carolina Panthers, or excuse me, I keep mixing their names up, the Cardinals <laughs> somehow come out and like start rolling out there, which would be quite a, quite a uh, fascinating sight <laughs> if they did. Unless something like that happens, the Panthers are going to go to Seattle next round, next Sunday. Sunday after this coming one. Hmm. And uh, it'll get quite interesting at that point. Overall, the team I'm rooting for this postseason, well, I guess the Panthers and the New England Patriots, without a doubt. I'm, I'm, the Patriots are my second favorite team. 49ers, my third favorite team. I'm all Patriots now, man. When the Vikings are out, yeah, I'm, I'm a Patriots fan. I have a Patriots hat. <laughs> I even have a Patriots jacket that I wear only this time of year if need be. But then again, it's probably too cold to wear that jacket. So <laughs> I just have it, you know. I mean, it's, it's okay to have a second favorite team, isn't it? Particularly when they're in the opposite side. So, you know, we, not, we, we won't play them in the playoffs. They're not in our division. So it's not like I'm just two-faced SOB. It's, I like Boston teams. They're my second favorite team. So there it is. Rock and roll. Go Patriots in the offseason here in the postseason. Excuse me. Uh, ultimately, though, I kind of do think it's going to be the Seattle Seahawks and the New England Patriots in the Super Bowl. And we'll see what happens there. I hope the Patriots win. But it's going to be, it's not going to be easy. <laughs> Certainly not. But the Patriots, this is their best team in since 2007, as far as I'm concerned. As good as they were, the year that they, uh, as good as the Patriots were the year uh, in 2011 season when the Giants beat them by a millimeter again that year, that was a really good Patriots team. But they looked. But by the end of that game, it's like oh, this was the Patriots' last chance. They're they're not going to win. They're too they're too short-handed. Well, they've got some nice defenders over there, and Tom Brady is playing like a man possessed. Ever since they questioned Tom Brady's ability, uh, they thought he was getting too old and he sucks now and it's time to step away. Jimmy Garoppolo you know, it's going to be your job in a year or two. <laughs> Tom Brady did the best the best way he could to say absolutely not. So there it is. Time to wrap up the segment. Go Patriots! <laughs> and we'll be back to talk to you guys. Fan interaction right after this.
shop on Amazon? Did you know that you could support this podcast just by doing your normal shopping on Amazon? It's really easy to do. Just go to thesportstuff.com and click on one of the many Amazon pictures. Do your normal shopping and Amazon sees that we referred you and they give us a percentage. We'd like to thank you in advance for supporting thesportstuff.com and please use our Amazon link. Now enjoy the rest of the show. Contact us and support Purple Mafia by liking us on Facebook and following us on Twitter. Don't forget to call into our phone line at 209-736-7877. That's 209-736-7877. And we are back here on Purple Mafia Fan Interaction Segment, segment number three. No calls today that I know of anyway. Uh, and if there is one, well, put it on the next show because nothing's going to change really with the Vikings. Nothing major, I would think anyway. <laughs> between now and then, but really uh, the Vikings won't have played another game. So, say if Brent Jacobson, who did say he was going to call, if he did wind up calling, it'll be played on the next show. Unless I get some last second email right here, right now. So, <laughs> we'll see what happens with that. But, um, ultimately, let's get to the Facebook page. Let's get things started. I always start where we leave off, which is when I posted Purple Mafia episode 187, Big Brother's now available, blah, 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 you know, <laughs> I uh, read what you guys had to say about that show, and I appreciate all of you that uh, do comment and do listen in such a big way. Mark Carlson says, Hell of a show, Joey Awajan. <laughs> I like that I have been able to listen on Mondays. Like you said, the game is still fresh, and it feels like that to me. It feels to me like everything said is that much more relevant. One last game to play. Outdoors at home against the Bears. The Bears. The weather is likely to be crappy. Sorry, Brent Jacobson. And I am with you, Joey Wygen, in calling for a W. Thanks for the star, Mark from Iowa. And Mark, yes, did get the gold star last week. We'll see who gets it this week. We'll see who gets it. Yeah, we'll just let it, that develop. Um, yeah, I wouldn't, you know, the way I look at it, I love today's weather. Just, I love it. <laughs> because it's cold and dry. I like weather like that. Versus foggy, wet, and mushy, and mud. Ah, yuck. I feel like I'm going to sleep. It, it hurts. I actually get a headache in weather like that. Today, I feel awake, aware, and sharp. You know, did you notice maybe I sound better today than maybe I did some of the, maybe two or three weeks ago on this show? Yeah, because I'm aware, awake, and sharp. I just feel better when it's like this. And for goodness sakes, we finally got some sun. Okay, Sebastian Ball is talking about a guy who just could be uh, a Vikings draft pick this year. And it would be really nice. It would be very nice. It would be kind of cool. Sebastian saying, Parker, six foot three wide receiver and Teddy's former number one target. We need this guy. Could be a guy that we're looking at in the draft. And it's been mentioned for the last few weeks on shows here in town. And of course, Sebastian Ball's been the guy posting it here on face on the Facebook page. And, yeah, that would be nice. I, I agree. That doesn't mean you get rid of Greg Jennings. It means you <laughs> crack the whip on old Cordero Patterson, though. And it definitely lights a fire on him. I really hope we keep Jarius right, though. That's a guy I really like. Talk about a glue guy and a guy that could be a nice weapon for Teddy Bridgewater for many, many years to come. People talk about Jarius Wright like he's 30. You know, Jerry Wright was drafted just a couple of years ago, right? Like 2011? No, 2012? <laughs> Not that long ago. Not that long ago at all. So, 
Welcome back, Jerry. It's right, right? <laughs> right, right. Okay, that was great. Uh, Mark Carlson saying, is this possible? Sebastian says, yes, in my opinion. As good as Amari Cooper coming out of the draft. Just he's uh, from a smaller school, so maybe able to fall to us. We'll see. We'll talk about the draft later, but that's a guy. Yep, that'll be definitely on our radar, and uh, it's uh, got us uh, hopeful that we wind up with a nice player that's been... Um, you know, has been on the same team as Bridgewater in the past, and they had a great chemistry. Why the hell not? Here's something I'm going to read, even though nobody responded to it, and it kind of pisses me off that nobody responded to it. What's going on, people? What's going on? Where's the love? Nobody clicked like, either. Seriously? Nobody clicked like on this? Do you guys actually like Richard Sherman? <laughs> really? What, are you scared of, from, what, what are you scared of clicking, uh, clicking like on somebody that doesn't like Richard Sherman? What are you scared of? What are you scared of? Note to Richard Sherman. Pride comes before a fall and your day is coming. Sorry, millennials. The rules don't change. I wasn't calling out somebody to kill him. (laughs) If that's what you guys think. You're crazy if you're thinking that. No. uh, Players that are over-the-top cocky, they always tend to fall pretty hard. Most of the time, they do. He is too cocky, folks. He's, He's too far. He's too angry. He plays with too much anger. Look at... (laughs) Look at Russell Westbrook in the NBA. You know, look at him. He's all cocky. He's way too much. But actually, he's a lot nicer in interviews than Richard Sherman ever will be. That's crazy. But look at look at Russell Westbrook. He's he's always getting hurt. And the Thunder, really? Well, everybody thought they're the next dynasty in the NBA. Still waiting on that. Next topic. No Viking players make the initial Pro Bowl roster. We thank 1500 ESPN for the article. And, of course, other people posted about it, I'm sure, all over the place. But, you know, 1500, I used that one for this one. Some comments here, not too many. But, oh, actually about five. And some good ones here. Mark Carlson saying, what? Well, I guess it's hard to see individual effort that shines when it's been a season of injuries, penalties, and losses. Right now, I can't think of one player to nominate. Certainly not not, not our kicker or punter, yeah. I can name one guy, and it's like I was kind of almost forgetting him when I was like, well-deserved that we didn't get a Pro Bowl nominee. Cedric, uh, I keep calling him Cedric Griffin. It's driving me nuts. i got to get that name out of my head. Everson Griffin. I can nominate him. That doesn't mean he's the right choice or anything, but I can nominate him. Uh, honorable mention. And who knows, he might get in as a some type of injury replacement or a guy that just doesn't want to go replacement, you know, and he'd be a well-deserved replacement uh Defensive end in the uh, in the Pro Bowl. Not that anybody really cares about the Pro Bowl much, but eh, it's okay. And I never ever ever do a show that week, by the way. And if I do a show that week, slap me, <laughs> unless some type of huge news happens, like unforeseen news. And God forbid, it's we hope it's good news, not bad. Because usually, if there's like some kind of news that time, it's probably not good. So let's pray to God, knock on wood, nothing like that happens. Um, Gerald Sring before I draw this out any longer, says a lot of these guys get voted in because of their name, and we have a lot of no-namers, yet I think there are up-and-comers. Oh, yeah, there are. And here he names them off. Anthony Barr, Everson Griffin will be household names in a couple years. Yep, and Anthony Barr is almost forgotten because of the injury, and he dropped off a little bit before the injury, but it was Carsey because he was hurt a bit as well. He was playing hurt a bit as well. Uh, excuse me, I'll continue. He says, I guess... The one that I think is deserving right now is Harrison. And yeah, that's another one. Maybe not a household name yet, but I can't think of too many strong safeties I would want instead of him. I think Teddy will make that list in the near future. Yeah. Yep. I do think Teddy Bridgewater will be a Pro Bowl quarterback. 
in the near future. And Harrison Smith, I think, yeah, I, I think the Vikings are going to go from no Pro Bowlers to a pretty nice number. The guys like Harrison Smith, Everson Griffin, Teddy Bridgewater, to name a few, I think will be in the Pro Bowl as soon as next season. Yeah, Anthony Barr maybe as well. Anthony Barr, yeah, we'll see. Uh, he's It's still like, we're still uncertain on that, but we'll see. Uh, Cordero Patterson, gosh, last year he made it as a special teams guy, and it's like an up-and-coming, like, future stud receiver type of guy. Yeah, it didn't happen this time around. Um, Gerald Spring saying, yeah, that's the other one. Don't want to leave out Xavier either. What a nice player he's turning out to be. And, yeah, he's going to go to the Pro Bowl, I think, at some point, too. Oh, yeah, Xavier Rhodes. Rhodes closed. <laughs> yeah, I love that picture. Gerald Spring saying, Merry Christmas to everyone at Cruel Mafia Nation. And I also, out there, wish, really hope all of you had a wonderful Christmas. Very, very wonderful Christmas. Hope you all did, indeed, and an upcoming Happy New Year wish as we wrap things up later on. Gerald String, P.S. Joey, look what I found while shopping with my wife last night. Vanilla bean buffalo sweat. Gerald String, yes sir. And he is a definite star candidate this week for the other comments that he's made up there. Very good stuff. Um, Buffalo Sweat and Ethos. Gerald, do me a huge favor and comment right after your comment there, if you can. (laughs) And uh, tell us what you thought. Tell us what you thought about the Buffalo Sweat and the Ethos. And no, the Ethos is bitter. If you're not ready for a lot of hop taste, it's bitter, folks. If you're not ready for it, you you might want to stick to like Buffalo Sweat or halcyon or something when that comes out <laughs> or uh the, the pub ale like if you're not used to a lot of hops ethos is extremely hoppy eight bit is is less hoppy and uh, i really like eight bit that's my overall favorite but just letting you know ethos extremely hoppy and i did have it again last night for like the 1000th time it's wonderful just saying if you're not used to a lot of hops be you know be being let it be known it is extremely bitter if you know what this unit is, an IBU, a uh, bitter unit, bitterness unit, 110, 110 for ethos. That is very, very high, but there's still a wonderful taste to go with it. It's not just bitter. There's a wonderful malt backbone to it as well. Continuing here, Merry Christmas to all the Purple Mafia family, that being me saying this. Thank you all so much for being so loyal to the show and all of your wonderful comments and honesty. God bless you all. And I do mean that from all, from my heart. I, I really do. Felix Depel out of Germany. Hasn't been posting too much lately, but I mean, I really appreciate Felix. He's a really, really good guy. Once once upon a time, asked for every single episode uh, Purple Mafia has ever done. <laughs> I mean, that is an unbelievable compliment, and I really appreciate you, Felix, and I hope you're still listening. You can get up to 90 episodes. That's set up now for that. Um, that's that's like the limit I think we can do with uh, the HipCast, the website we use, up to ni- up to 90 episodes previous. That's a lot. So you can go way, way back. You can go back a few years here if you're real curious about the archives. And, of course, thesportstuff.com, every single episode is on there, but you'd have to listen to it off the website. So that's just one thing you have to know. Felix saying, it's been a great Christmas with the Vikings scarf, skull, draft day, Blu-ray, and <laughs> McFarland figure, Jared Allen, Happy holidays to you, the Purple Mafia, and everyone out there. Thank you very much, Felix. Malcolm saying, Merry Christmas to you too, Joey. And I didn't click like on it. I hope hope it was a good one. Thanks for another year of happy slash sad slash intense podcast. I wouldn't have it any other way. Thank you so much, Malcolm. That was awesome. 
And, um, yep, I wouldn't have it any other way either. You know, I wouldn't be myself if I did that. A little quiet on some of these. Uh, the Vikings and Bears in-game threat, kind of quiet today. It might be because I didn't post too much. There are some good ones in here. Justin Mayer Henry, very active today and very, very good stuff. <laughs> Gerald String at one point was saying, typical black and blue division game, a lot of hitting and not a lot of scoring. Kelly looks at the part, though. Looking forward to see what happens with his career. Yep. Uh, lots of back and forth and such. I posted some weird stuff on here. I hope it doesn't annoy anybody, but... Uh, Oh, yeah, Adi Cole was amazing today, and I didn't mention that too much earlier. I apologize for that, but, yeah, he was a huge notable today. Adi Cole filling in for the, for, you know, the injured Chad Greenway and looking really, really good, without a doubt, without a doubt. Very happy with what we saw today from Adi Cole. Um, I was talking about, this is something I'm going to mention just because I don't know how you guys feel about this. But it just adds another layer to the show. Des Bryant, after one of his touchdowns today against the Washington Redskins, did a uh, triangle symbol with his hands. I wish I could show it to you. I'm imitating it right now, and I probably shouldn't be because I don't support that. It's uh, it's an Illuminati symbol that you see frequently from guys like Jay-Z, Kobe Bryant, believe it or not, LeBron James, Chris Paul, other guys out there. Lots of people out there do it. Beyonce, <laughs> who I'm not a fan of either. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, let's, uh, let's not do the Illuminati symbol. If you know, if you have any idea what that, that really is about, no, please don't, don't do it. In fact, I'm ho- hope I'm not getting myself in trouble right now saying that, but, uh, yeah, I wasn't too pleased when I saw that. Luckily, I haven't seen any Vikings doing stuff like that, and I hope I don't. Let's just say I hope I don't. Illuminati is not a good thing, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I'm still here, too, doggone it. Some of y'all there might just laugh at me for saying that, but, eh, it just is what it is. Let's move on. The roads closed picture that I stole from someone else's tweet. There, see? I'm an honest guy. I stole it from someone else's tweet who I follow out there, but because it's so cool, I figured I'd post it on here, and Matthew Kyle saying jinxed us, and I did a little sad face. <laughs> Rhodes closed. Yeah, Rhodes is going to be a great cornerback. Vikings versus Bears post-game thoughts. Gerald String saying it looks like we got our quarterback along with a much improved defense. Remember when Caddy wasn't throwing touchdowns in the beginning of the season? Tenth straight game today with a touchdown. Very cool. Todd Grunlian saying uh, we have a lot to look forward to next year's, especially now that we have a franchise quarterback. Yep, I, I agree. Gerald String continuing, saying also, great to see a couple of young guy, uh, younger guys flash today. Be careful with that word flash because of old uh, Flash 84. Yeah, ugh. Anyhow, I uh, says this is flash. Adam Thielen and Adi Cole, yep. Both <laughs> both those guys just seem to have that it factor when, they, when given a chance to play, somehow always finds ways to make big plays. And that's a huge theme for actually uh, today's game. Even though I kind of treated it like a fifth preseason game, they really showed up today, and they will be mentioned later in the show. That's a little wink-wink for you. You can kind of guess what that's for if you're familiar, if you're a regular listener to the show. Gerald continuing, saying not very often I cheer for the Lions, but I just can't stand the Packers. Go Lions! I agree, but unfortunately, the Slackers won. David Longfield saying, I agree, Gerald. <laughs> and he says... Been on top, been out when I said, good to see you again, David. And he responds with David uh, David Longfield saying, been out of the loop for a while. Don't re- really care for this 
Facebook Big Brother thing. Privacy for me is a big issue. I, I, I can definitely understand that point of view in a big way. In fact, I agree with most of it. I says, that being said, I really like the direction that the Vikings are heading. I honestly believe that they may be the team to beat in years to come. Yep. I don't think Green Bay or Detroit are anything without their quarterbacks. And of course, the Bears, maybe just maybe these teams will experience our pain. Only time will tell. And absolutely they will at one point. Uh, Detroit experienced a lot of pain for many, many years. The Packers, it can't last forever. They've been so freaking lucky <laughs> with, with their draft picks. And yes, they have a good general manager, and they had a good general manager before this one. Ron Wolf, and now the current guy, Thompson. Um, they've been unbelievable. They have been unbelievable for many years, with the quarterback falling to them, and then the other, the one before that, who was, uh, you know, he just didn't, didn't really show much in, in Atlanta, was available to Green Bay. They picked him up. Oh, and then he started throwing touchdowns and throwing more, even though he was a bit out of control. Yeah, we all know that story. It's long, it's old, but he was good. Awesome comment, Dave Longfield, and I'm going to give you a... Uh, you're definitely a star candidate for the show, and I'm going to say, even though I didn't mention it in his comments, Justin Mayer Henry's got to be a star candidate. Uh, very active, very cool things he said um, in the uh, in-game post. So i got to give people some more respect for that area, too. Hopefully Dave Martin doesn't uh, isn't annoyed as me at times. He actually unfollowed me on Twitter. I don't know if there was an accident. He bumped the button. It's possible, but he followed me back. So thank you, Dave Martin. We'll talk to him shortly on Twitter. Not much more to come. Sebastian Ball is staying bleeping cold because he was at the game. It hurt. The crowd stayed in it, me included. Then we made Jay uncomfortable. The offensive coordinator calling the plays didn't trust him. I could easily tell. So yeah, he didn't trust Jay Cutler, yeah. Charles Johnson, by the way, gave Sebastian Balls his glove. No joke, he's saying. <laughs> That's why I bought the tickets. Yeah, it's a pretty neat-looking glove, too, with those little stripes, white and black stripes. I think there's purple in there. I can't see it too well, but it looks like it's silver and black, and that's perfectly fine. That's a cool-looking combination of colors, and that's a nice souvenir. And this picture of Charles Johnson's glove in Sebastian Ball's hand is part of Purple Mafia lore, because Sebastian is definitely one of the Purple Mafia Hall of Famers and Call of Famers, without a doubt. So, <laughs> without a doubt. So, it's got to go in Purple Mafia lore. Yep, without a doubt. Uh, Sebastian's saying, posting this, hopes it gets saved on on the page, and you know it did. And there's another one. I'm going to get that one up there, too. I'll put that up there, too. Uh, since I got this year. He posted one here. So what's up with this Atlanta Falcons glove? That's what I want to... I should ask him what that's all about. But, uh, yeah, one of them is Charles Johnson's glove, and then there's a glove with an Atlanta Falcons on it. Who did you get that from? Was it Julio Jones or something? If it was, holy smokes. That's a superstar right there, Julio Jones. I should definitely ask him. And uh, that will be posted into the Purple Mafia lore as well. He's wearing a Teddy Bridgewater jersey, is Sebastian, and he's... That son of a gun, is he doing it? Okay... Look at this guy. Oh, Sebastian, are you... Oh, I hope that's not an Illuminati. <laughs> I hope he's just showing his gloves and not doing an Illuminati sign. I'll uh, pretend he's not, I guess. <clears throat> I hope he's not. Maybe he probably doesn't mean to. Um, one final note here for the Facebook page, and I guess there is other posts. I'll get to that in a second. Um, Zimmer, when asked about Patterson, there was a 10-second pause, and he said, I have a plan for Cardero. It's up to him after that. That's all I'm going to say. Quite telling. Comment. Mark Carlson saying, Sounds like things are not well for CP84. 
Is there a possibility we may trade him? So, uh, Gerald String saying, I hope so, but I doubt it. Well, people did ask that on some of those post-game shows, and they were quickly thwarted. Uh, I'm not as mean as, uh, I'm not as mean as Corey Cove is, or even, Ben Lieber was even kind of mean, which, which is kind of rare for him. He's usually a pretty decent guy about things. Corey Cove is a bastard, man, but, <clears throat> no, he's not going to get traded because his value is really low. Um, we would get screwed in the trade, ultimately, I think, and I do believe that, uh, well, we're going to have to do the best we can to... We're, we're going to have to hope for the best, pretty much, with Cordell Patterson as I get disoriented even thinking about it. I, I, I just get tired thinking about it. Not that I'm mad at any questions or comments. No, I'm not mad at that. It's just Cordell Patterson himself, just thinking about him. and It's disappointing. It's sad. It's depressing. It sucks. Hopefully he uh, proves us... Or, yeah, hopefully he, well, proves everyone wrong and... Not that it's even about proving people wrong. Hopefully he proves himself next season. He's got to prove it to himself and to all of us that he belongs in this league and that he actually can, well, harness the talent he has and turn it into something worthwhile rather than just just screwing around. Mm-mm-mm. Uh, Why am I missing some of this stuff? Oh, boy, look at all this stuff. Jeez. So Khalil played, Harris got killed. Um, so, oh yeah, Sebastian, here we go. This is where we'll start. These are the al- alternate posts, and I do apologize if the show is a bit long, but there's a lot to talk about with the playoffs and, of course, wrapping up the Vikings season. So don't be surprised the show is a bit long. Sebastian sings, For the final stars of the year, please leave me out of it. I want our other listeners to get the main recognition. I will always be here as a listener and a co-host. The Mark Carlson, Dave Hickey, Brent Jacobson, and Malcolms of the world deserve the stars this year. And I appreciate that, Sebastian. That's very cool that he said that. And, yeah, I was thinking the same because, obviously not because Sebastian doesn't deserve a star, because he probably does deserve a star at times. You know, shows a show. He'll always get a possible star for individual shows if he's not hosting which I think is fair, but yeah, that's cool. When the fact that he's a potential co-host here and there, and maybe even a permanent one at time, you know, at some point, someday, when things get a little bit easier for the both of us to do shows together, um, yeah, you shouldn't get a star. It's like I'm obviously not going to get a star. Are you kidding me? That would be ridiculous. Yeah, I'm going to give the gold star to Joey Awajin. Yeah, in your face, guys. No, that would be messed up. Okay, yeah, very cool, very respectful, Sebastian. Really appreciate you. Mark Carlson saying humbled. Brent Jacobson saying I'm honored to just be nominated. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. He actually put that. Oh, never mind. I wasn't nominated for an Oscar. Sebastian saying, Brent, you won my Oscar for biggest will to fight adversity by working Finnish college and running six fantasy teams. Holy smokes. He ran that many? Wow. Even in my heyday, I never came close to that. The most I ever had at the same time, I think, was three, maybe four once. And... I didn't do that well because that's too many. <laughs> hey, you know, I just didn't do that well because I can't keep up with all that. It's too much. Brent's simply thanking Sebastian there. And yeah, there we go. Very cool uh, thoughts here. Sebastian saying, want to hear my number one pick so far? Devontae Parker out of Louisville. Talk about chemistry. And that's the guy that worked with uh, Mr. Teddy Bridgewater. And we'll see. We'll see, Sebastian. It's going to be fun to see what happens. Brent Jacobson posted about predicting biggest predicting Minnesota's biggest offseason roster moves, and yeah, it's definitely a worthwhile article that I recommend you guys check out. 
there could be changes. Obviously, Adrian Peterson is one of the big ones in there. <laughs> uh, and now they're talking about Arizona Cardinals. Larry Fitzgerald may have played his last home game. This posted from Brent Jacobson. He's simply saying he'd look good catching passes from Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, because Fitzgerald may be on his way out. Not sure how much he has left, but he's not that old. He's not Randy Moss old. But, um, yeah, I'd take him. <laughs> yeah, I would still take him, depending on the situation. Probably somebody would have to go, though. That's the part I wouldn't like. And uh, A lot of people are not happy with our receivers. Well, Cordero's the one I'm not happy with right now, only because he's underachieved. I'm very happy with Darius Wright. And Greg Jennings is decent, and Charles Johnson's all right. But uh, if you have a shot at Larry Fitzgerald, and if he's still got the ability to be a difference maker, well, we'll see. But of course, he'll come here and he won't be. So <laughs> that's just the story of Minnesota sports. We could name a million names, including Thomas Vanek of the Wild. Hopefully, get a show like that uh, recorded at some point soon here. I hope so. Uh, Sebastian again talking more about Devontae Parker posting a video. Check it out, guys. Very worth checking out. It's going to be fun to see. And a Christmas tree covered in purple, gold, silver, and black. And that very cool. Posted by Brent Jacobson. And it was not him, but he said, Merry Christmas to all the members of Pearl Mafia. This was posted on Christmas Day. Really thank you very much for that, Brent. And he says, not my house. Just a Google image search. And that was very cool. And Brent today, earlier, saying, Anyone coming to the Vikings game today, feel free to stop by. Say hi to me. Working in sections 133, 135. He also saw the infamous Sebastian Balls and his girlfriend. So... That's cool. Brent Jacobson all uh, wrapped up and ready for the cold there. Totally cool. Like I, I like that he works here. That's really cool. Very cool. Mr. Brent Jacobson. Let's get this thing moving. Probably won't be too much on Twitter. I didn't post a whole lot on here. And there was a conversation back and forth, I bet. <laughs> back and forth between Deep Ryan and uh, Anthony Carlson. Back and forth. Ultimately, obviously, Anthony won and Fry gave to uh, uh, Viking Charity. Now it looks like uh, Anthony's going to give anyway, just to be nice. It sounds like that's kind of like how that thing wrapped up. So, very cool. I'm not going to read the back and forth there, because it, it was just it was just a conversation they had about the betting with the game and such. Uh, not really too much really in-game conversation overall. Just kind of random conversation with uh, others. Robin Sullivan was missing me. A Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays to me and my family. Thank you very much, Robin. Back to you. Big time there. Uh-huh. Cheer up like your Christmas cheer. I wonder what this is all about. Cheer map. What's that? All? Oh, thank you, cheer map, whoever you are. <laughs> they like that me and uh, Robin were talking about Merry Christmas and stuff, so thank you for that. Cheer map, not cheer up. So very cool. I gave them a follow, I guess. So there you go. <laughs> I think Twitter mostly just kind of random conversation. Robin Sullivan saying Ratcliffe is a beast. That's when he sacked uh, Mr. Bridgewater at one point. But then just kind of random conversation after that. So here we go. The Viking fan page at Kevin underscore VFP was saying it doesn't matter if uh, Alshon Jeffrey was pushed out anymore. That rule's gonna. That rule was gone a few years ago. For some reason, I was like talking about he was pushed out, and I should know better that that rule. Yeah, that rule is old; it's no longer around. So I really apologize, Viking fan page, if they're listening. That's Kevin from Wisconsin, if I remember correctly, and I think I do. Here we go. Dave Barton was saying he thinks the whole fan base would agree with me when I was saying Cordero Patterson 
if Cordero Patterson isn't 100% better next year, he needs to go. And I totally agree. <laughs> yep, I mean, I, I, I totally agree. I totally do feel that way, and other people agree with me, and I like that. Uh, Wells' daughter was saying, we have a bright future, and I do agree, without a doubt. Without a doubt. She was asking me if I think Peterson will be back this year, and like I said earlier in the show, and to her on Twitter, I think it's only a 40% chance. Without a doubt. So, that, uh, yep, should, yeah, that's going to wrap up the fan interaction. Yeah, that's going to wrap up the fan interaction. Anthony was posting that he's, uh, donating to Bears Care, so, for 20 bucks. So, good job, both of you guys. Very cool. D-Fry, who is a Bears fan, who I think listens to the show, and he's a buddy of Anthony Carlson. They have their friendly little jabs back and forth when the two teams play each other. And, yeah, it's very cool. Dylan Richardson's also a Bears fan. Going to wrap up the show saying, most likely, and I really, really, really hope that Dylan Richardson will be on the show next week to talk about the first round of the playoffs and preview the second round. It's going to be fun. Got to get Dylan Richardson back for some January football conversation just like just like the old days, right? No. <laughs> yeah, we like to go back. We like to reminisce at times about the old days, the 80s, 90s, and today, per se. Sounds like a radio station, but <laughs> a radio music radio station. But um, yeah, we really enjoy talking about football of yesteryear and, of course, current football in the postseason and predict the future and all that. It's fun. I wish I had him on the season preview. I remember I got like so sad when I didn't have him on. Just our schedules didn't add up, and it was quite a bummer, without a doubt. Can't wait to talk with Dylan Richardson again. Those are some of the most enjoyable shows that I ever had in the history of my life. I, I really enjoyed it. Oh, man. Really, really enjoyed it, without a doubt. Oh, man. Uh, he's, yep, he's going to be back, barring any type of schedule change or schedule nonsense. Who knows what's going to happen? <laughs> or computer problems. I got a new modem coming. As I wrap up the show here, going to owe it to my old modem and in with the new come later this week. When it does come allegedly on Friday, we'll see what happens. It's going to be really nice to finally have some strong Wi-Fi in this house. It's a miracle I'm even getting these shows out, man. But I'm getting them out. All right, let's pass out some awards and some stars. Fran Tarkenton Award is going to go to two guys, Adam Thielen and Audie Cole, who were both amazing today. They were awesome. Talk about making the most of your opportunity, getting the job done. Audie Cole was all over the place, and... I was so impressed with him all day. I mean, he was everywhere. He He's always an energy guy who just gets it done. And Well, he's at minimum a really nice backup linebacker for the Minnesota Vikings. Maybe even a long-term guy. Who knows what's going to happen. And Adam Thielen is definitely looking like a nice, solid guy. When you compare him to Chris Walsh, well, he's faster than Chris Walsh. But he's like, he's still, he's a hard worker like Chris Walsh. And he's a really nice special teamer. He stopped, uh, he stopped a Chicago Bears returner from getting a touchdown as well. I mean, a nice kick return. Looked like it was going to be more and more, maybe even go all the way, but Adam Thielen made that tackle along with a 44-yard touchdown and three catches overall. Caught all the passes that were thrown his direction. Very well deserving of Fran Tarkin award, the player of the week. Overall, the uh, Tavares Jackson Memorial, eh, I don't even know who that should go to. It should just go to the Bears. <laughs> it should just go to the Bears overall. Um, I'm just going to give it to them right now. I mean, uh, do I really want to pick on the offensive line any more than I have this year? They didn't help Teddy all the time. 
overall, but uh, no, I'm going to give it to Cordero Patterson. It's got to go to Cordero. Yeah, I am going to pick on him because he, he just pisses me off. And Matt Khalil, in fairness, has been better. He's been adequate. He's not been great. He's been adequate since the last few weeks or so after he really had some bad games in the mid in the middle of the season. It looked like he was out of here. He, he improved after that hat-flipping incident, we'll say. But Cordero Patterson, it'll take the cake. That lazy, lackluster, God knows what the hell it was. Thought he was going to catch the ball and had it taken away, and he's just kind of like, give it back. That's a Tavares Jackson Memorial, without a doubt. So congratulations, Cordero Patterson and Matt Khalil. You guys are the kings of the... Uh, of the award, and Cordero's probably going to get the one for the whole season, I think. It's got to be. Cordero Patterson, even worse than Khalil. Wow. But then again, <laughs> well, both of them weren't helpful to Teddy Bridgewater all season. They both hurt Teddy Bridgewater. Again, imagine Teddy Bridgewater's statistics and overall, you know, season. If Khalil and Cordero were better this season, oh my. It really does, it really does make you wonder. It, it really does. So, to pass out the stars for today... Well, we're going to give a bronze star. <laughs> it, you know, it's never easy. It really never is. Going to give a bronze star to... Gosh, it's tough. <laughs> it's going to give the... I'm going to give the bronze star of this week to Brent Jacobson. Lots of nice posts again. Really appreciate it. And Sebastian Balls will get a second bronze star. You know, talking about Devontae Parker. Got to like that. Brent Jacobson... Always got cool things to say, cool pictures, cool little anecdotes here and there. Just just an entertaining guy, you know. I mean, how can you not like him? Uh, Silver Star, Justin Mayer Henry. Very active on the uh, in-game post today. Very fun. Um, oh, man. Really good stuff, without a doubt. Going to give a co-Silver Star to David Longfield. Yeah, I, I got to do that. And uh, yeah, I know I'm going crazy here with like giving out multiple stars to people. But it's that kind of week, I suppose, well, as we wrap up the season. Lots of good posts, lots of good things to say. Gold star, though, <laughs> Gerald String. I mean, wonderful stuff overall. Again, once again today, great day, great posts, great comments all over the place. Great support of the show. Not just because he put tall grass on there, but a lot of good Viking takes as well. Thanks again, Gerald. And here it is, once again, another gold star. All of you out there for listening to this show. My seventh season covering the Minnesota Vikings here on Purple Mafia. Seventh full season. From the start of the preseason to the final game of the regular season or playoffs if the Vikings make it. Unfortunately, they didn't this year. The uh, Out of the seven years, the Vikings have made the playoffs three times and missed it four. Doesn't that suck? So 2007, they missed it. 2010, 11, and... So, well, yeah, it's been quite a few. It's actually... <laughs> I didn't cover them in 2007. What am I talking about? That was on the YouTube. That's where I'm going crazy. So that would have been eight years. But no, I didn't cover them on YouTube. <laughs> or I did cover them on YouTube, but not here. So it's my eighth season overall, because yeah, of that. Uh, Paladino Live, it was called back then. But yeah, 2008, we made it. 2009, we made it. Missed, or made it in 10. <laughs> missed in 10 and 11. Made it in 12. Missed in 13 and 14. So there it is. Four and three in terms of missing, unfortunately. So that's what's ahead right now, is missing the playoffs versus making it. Next year, though, I think the Vikings, <laughs> if they do pick up where they left off, which is a never-know type of thing, some teams pick up where they left off, 
Other teams, they don't do anything the next year. They just suck the next year. San Francisco, unfortunately, did that this year. But the year, but in all fairness <laughs> to them, they picked up where they left off in a wonderful way. For yeah, I mean the the, uh, the the previous three seasons, every year they were strong. They followed up with an even stronger season. And damn it, they they could have and should have and would have won the Super Bowl last year, if not for Mister Big Mouth's great play at the end of that game. Damn it, <laughs> I'm still pissed about that one. Jim Harbaugh would still be the coach. He'd have a ring, but well, that's fate. That's that's football. Fate and football. All right. Well, enjoying the cold. It's going to be cold for a long time, and I'm enjoying it. I'm one of the few people that does. I'll take nice, dry, cold snow versus wet, muddy, brown, boring, and foggy any day of the week. Thanks again for listening. Another wonderful season. But again, Purple Mafia ain't going nowhere. January football. Go Patriots. <laughs> going to end the show with a Go Patriots. Hope they win it, because I can't stand Seattle, Green Bay, Dallas, or really anybody except maybe Carolina out there. Yeah. I mean, Cincinnati I'd be happy for, Baltimore I'd be happy for, Pittsburgh, eh. You know, no thanks. The Colts, I'm not a big fan. I I don't know why, I just never really gave a crap about the Colts, even though they have a wonderful quarterback with a great future. I don't care about the Colts, you know, and the Broncos, I don't really care about them either. With no John Elway, no Terrell Davis, eh. You know, with without those guys, I don't care about the Broncos. So with that, that's it. It's a very long show. And I better let it wrap up right here, right now. Take care, everybody. We'll be back next week for January football.